Maybe Chunk already got to the police. Maybe Chunk is dead. Don't say that. Never say that. Goonies never say die. You're gonna need a bigger boat. I know you. I have crossed oceans of time to find Everybody be cool. You be cool. Hi, I'm Steve. And I'm Lori. And welcome to The Watch Pile. Yay! It's episode number two. Um, so <laughs> on our last episode, uh, we watched Legend, uh, because I had never seen it, so this week we're going to do a movie that Lori has never seen. And uh, I decided that we'd start things out with what I thought was going to be uh, right on her wavelength, and that was Videodrome. From 1983, directed by Canada's David Cronenberg. So, really quick. Yeah. Quick correction on last week. Yeah, a little, well, correction or um, just, like, uh, information that didn't come to mind. It was Hugo Weaving was the name that I couldn't come up with. And we figured it out because? Well, I was saying it because I was like, well, at least it's keeping what's-his-name working, Mm -hmm. uh, talking about... Uh, mortal engines so we had lori was watching a mortal engines behind the scenes thing today and up pops mr weaving it's like oh there he is <laughs> that's who that is there he is and also uh the museum we were talking about that had the muppets um display was the museum of moving image in queens not not brooklyn. in brooklyn i said um, brooklyn. and i very highly recommend going to see them if you can and get going to see that specific museum um the the different uh displays that they have and the different things that they have set up are really really interesting and they even have like a foley booth that you can go play with and yeah, they have this... an, an adr booth you can go play with it's really cool <laughs> yeah they uh highly recommended if you're in new york city um they've got all that muppet stuff but everything else in there is really great too so and they have Jareth's costume, and I have a million freaking pictures. Yeah, of it. That, that that was uh, David Bowie has been in those clothes. Yeah, I turned a corner and went. I'm gonna go look at David Bowie's costume, yeah. and he were like, "Yeah, you're gone for like an hour." <laughs> so, yes, highly recommended. Yes. So um, let's get on to Videodrome from the great year of 1983. Uh, it clocks in at a nice 89 minutes. So that makes it shorter than last week, last than our last episode. Not by much, because the the legend I think was only ninety something. Eh, it was ninety minutes exactly. Oh, so. there you go. All right, so this now has the record of shortest movie we've done. Yeah. Um, the cast uh, is not extensive for people that you'll know. James Woods is our lead, playing Max Wren. James Woods, good actor, kind of an asshole. And uh, Debbie Harry of Blondie. Mm, Debbie Harry. Playing uh, Nikki Brand, radio host. Um, after that, we've got, uh, we've got Sonia Smiths playing uh, Bianca. And you had said that uh, she looks familiar, but 
we kind of... We couldn't figure out why she looked familiar, but I think it's because there are a couple of different other 80s actresses that, that she kind of looks like if they had a baby, that's who she, that's who she would be. Um, but also, she reminded me of the character from Blade Runner that had the... Sean Young. Sean Young. The, she had the victory rolls in her hair. So, yeah. Um, we had a lot of that going on in the 80s. <laughs> with the sev- a lot of severe brunettes. <laughs> Um, whom, whom else? Also, and uh, Jack Creeley. That's a, fa- a familiar voice, I'll say that much. The mm. guy, he's a guy with a voice. Uh, I, I'm sure that we've heard him in a lot of other things. Um, it's a Tony Todd situation. Maybe, Tony Todd, maybe. <laughs> um, it looks like he was, it looks like he was in Dr. Strangelove. I can't necessarily pick him out of that but that's my favorite movie so it's nice to know there's a connection there hmm. this is uh, also uh, a, a rick baker joint yeah it is um <laughs> the great makeup and uh, special effects mostly makeup though right uh no a little bit of everything yeah, okay. he um he won his i believe his first oscar for all of the makeup effects and the transition effects in american werewolf in london right okay so he is super talented. That's another one that we'll have to get to. Yeah, we will, I've seen that a couple of times, and that, but that's definitely one of those ones. I have not seen that in a very, very long time. That's another one I remember seeing my brother watch it yep. in the living room. And what part did I see? Oh, you saw the transition. The goddamn transformation. <laughs> of course I did. <laughs> you saw the naked guy on ah! the ground turning into a werewolf. Yep. Uh, <laughs> so that's one where I was scared of what I saw. Let's uh, let's get into it. So, how come uh, how come you had never seen Videodrome? I saw The Fly at one point in my life yeah. and hated it. So I equated that with David Cronenberg, and I equated that as being those are his type of movie, and I didn't like it. And I just I know it's a classic and whatever. I just didn't particularly care for it. I've also seen a couple other movies of his that I was just kind of like, eh. You know, they're there, whatever. More recently, I finally got to watch Shivers. And that actually changed my mind entirely. Because it, it was less... But I don't want to say less body horror, because there's still a lot of body horror in that movie. But yeah. not as graphic to the extent of things like Videodrome and Scanners and things like that. Yeah. Or, um, uh, yeah. Which, Scanners, by the way, still have yet to see the entire movie. So, we'll have right, to add that yeah. to the list. There's more to it than that gif. <laughs> I know, right? So. <laughs> So, um, 83, so that kind of means that, like, Shivers, which I think I've seen some of mm-hmm. on Netflix before, but I don't think I, I watched, like, the beginning of it. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he had done The Brood at this point, and, uh, yeah, Scanners. Mm-hmm. So, he's kind of on the radar now, but he's not, like, a household name like he will become once, like, The Dead Zone and The Fly come out. Mm-hmm. And Naked Lunch, I guess kind yeah. of dis- sort of dismantling him because it's so weird yeah it's good but it's weird but is it david lynch weird uh that's, I, it, it's a film what? i haven't there seen it some, there a little bit a yeah. little bit yeah naked lynch is definitely one of those ones that again everybody's like oh my god i can't believe you've never seen that and i'm like you can skip it it was never on my radar you can skip it <laughs> like, it's it's cool. Like in like the Simpsons joke says, I can think of at least two things that are wrong with that title. <laughs> so, <laughs> so uh, Videodrome begins 
with um, with uh, James Woods, Max Wren being woken up by his uh, his TV, which seems to be on a timer, and uh, his local access station, Channel eighty three, uh, Civic TV, Civic TV, Civic TV, the one you take to bed with you. Right, it pop the uh, it pops on, and his assistant then goes on to like tell him like what his itinerary for the day is. Mm-hmm. So I was really confused by this, thinking, "Wait, is this on TV or or what is this?" We find out later that like I guess she makes these tapes for him and brings them over yeah. and brings them to his place every day, which seems very cumbersome. Yeah. Just like you were confused, I was confused because. I couldn't tell if it was a videotape. I couldn't tell if it was because it had the bumper on either end for the TV channel. I couldn't figure out, was this something that was she like video phoning him? And this is right. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it's 1983, but we also, depending on when this took place, it could have had video phones in that world. That was a so. thing that in the 80s, it was like, hey, any day now, we're going to have video phones. Yeah. Like, we're so excited about that. And that came in what, like 2007, 2008? No, it had to have been later than that. <laughs> so, 2010s. We, we got FaceTime now. Yep. It just seems like a pain in the ass to me. Oh, more it than is. anything else. But, um,. Yeah, but the, and this isn't the first time. I mean, this isn't the last time that we're gonna see a TV talking to James Woods. No, not at all. Maybe it's like foreshadowing. <laughs> Our favorite F word. So, so uh, Max is off to work where he is. Um, it's the '80s, so we have to have a scene where you're doing a business deal with some Japanese guys, mm-hmm. and uh, they want to sell him a series that they've made called uh, Samurai Dreams. Yeah. Which is uh, essentially like a Japanese Cinemax show. He's uh he's kind of into it. He's kind of feeling it, but he's not quite sure about going in on it. Yeah. He's looking for other things. And I just we have to talk about the snippet of the video that we get to see. Right. Because he asks him, he asks the guys don't show me the first episode. Show me the last one. So they're like, uh, okay. So they show him the last one, and it's this beautiful geisha, all dressed to the nines. She wakes up from her nap. Hops up right out of bed. Yeah, right out of bed. Like, okay, time to go do what I'm going to do now. And she goes over to a little table at the foot of her mattress, and there's this tiny little geisha doll on the table. And she proceeds to take the hat off. And then take the dress off. And it's a dildo koozie. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, you've heard of the tissue koozies? You know, the ones that, like, your the cozy things, like, that your grandma used to have that she, like, hand, like, crocheted? Yeah, that's what this is. <gasps> but for the dildo. I think uh, that's an Etsy shop waiting to happen. <laughs> dildo koozies for everyone. <laughs> Strangely enough, there's probably already one that exists. Probably is. <laughs> Um, he's, uh, he's got this one kind of on the back burner. He's thinking about it, but he goes to meet up with his friend Harlan, mm-hmm. who works, um, basically like pirating video signals that he pulls off of, um, satellites and stuff. So 
he's got a signal that he figures is coming from across the planet. Like he says, he's estimating probably Malaysia. And they pull up um, what is essentially like a snuff movie mm-hmm. on on there. And uh, James Woods like isn't even like flinching at this for some for some reason. He's he's like, oh hey, look at this. Hey, look look at that wall there. What's that wall made of? Clay? Like I, I find it interesting that these are the details that he's concentrating on. But. Um, this is what we will come to know as Videodrome. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I like the fact that he's like wondering, like, yeah. So, like, uh, when does the plot kick in? Yeah. And Harlan's like, "There is no plot. This is all it is," and which kind of blows his mind because I find that Max is a character who is, you know, he's he's a sleazy like um, smut peddler, basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he seems to be incredibly naive about the products that he's looking for. Like, he doesn't seem to, to understand, like, the the depths of, uh... He wants the next latest, greatest shock thing. Hey, look for the next thing. thing. And it, it has to be shocking. It has to be something that people can't get anywhere else. And he is this to him when he sees this video feed is you know it tickles that spot that he needs tickled literally Mm. (laughs) literally and he just kind of is like oh wait a second this might be the next greatest thing that i'm gonna have to put out and then he asks he he takes a video of it and he actually talks to the two other guys that own channel 83 with him or that run the channel with him yeah and they're like do you think we can put it on and they're like i don't know do you think we're gonna have to cut this we're gonna have to cut that and they're they're trying to figure it out so um video drums kind of uh sticking with him as he goes about his uh the rest of his day he has a uh, an interview on a tv show a local tv show mm-hmm. um where the uh, where the guests are uh nikki brand the uh, the Debbie Harry character and uh, and Brian Oblivion, who is appearing via television set, he is literally a TV on a TV cart sitting on on the stage, and the uh, the lady who's uh, conducting the interview asks uh, Max about Channel eighty three and about what they're doing, and and he he does exactly that. He says, uh, you know, hey, we're we're giving them something that uh, that they can't get anywhere else. Mm-hmm. Uh, some people want that sort of thing, and that's a very 1983 thing to say because they didn't have the internet then, so you couldn't just go and and fall down a rabbit hole or something. Um, yeah, you'd have to actually go to the library for that. You gotta, <laughs> <laughs> you gotta <laughs> scan the stacks, man. So um, Debbie Harry pitches in that she kind of agrees with what he's saying that you know we're we're all kind of. Overstim- or at least she lives in a state of overstimulation. Hence the red dress. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, it's like, hey, uh, I guess so. Uh, look at that look dress. At that dress. Huh? <laughs> it's like not even, it's a nice dress. My big thing with her whole speech about the overstimulation thing was I thought it spoke very much to how we live today and how everybody is overstimulated and how there's all these conversations about, you know, when should babies get their first view of screens and mm. how young should they be and We've always had the the talks of limiting TV to f- time for children and things like that, but it's you know we grew up in 
the era of the 80s where the TV was your babysitter. Yeah. Because moms weren't staying home anymore. Dads were working all day. Moms were working all day. You would come home from school and you would sit down in front of the TV. Oh, yeah. You know, it, it's like that's just what you would do. So I had the TV on all the time just to have sound. Just to have sound in the background. Right. And that that's just, we're still like that. We're, you know, we're running around the house doing things, but the YouTube is on playing in the background just on autoplay. I don't. <laughs> I do. I, <laughs> just so I'm, I can have I'm, sound in the house. I'm weird these days. I need to be able to hear anything in case there's a monster that's going to get me. <laughs> so... <laughs> But I think it's, um, like I said, it, it speaks very much to now and how overstimulated we are now. And I would be interested to see if this movie could be translated into a modern version of itself. If there could be not necessarily a sequel or a reboot or a remake, but if there would be a way to tell this same story with modern day technology. I'd say definitely. The more we watched this movie in general, the more I was like, this is a comment on now. Like this, I know this was in 83 and they were commenting on the stimulations of then, but the, the, that was nothing compared to what we have now. Yeah. We go to work all day and stare at computer screens. Then we come home and we watch TV and then we're going to bed and we're, you know, checking out Facebook on our our tablets or our phones or whatever. And the only time you're really not looking at a screen for most people is when you're either in the shower or your eyes are physically closed and you're asleep. When I'm actually sleeping. Yeah, that's it. So, and I say most people because I've seen those friggin' shower curtain ads on Amazon and on Wish.com that on the outside of the shower curtain, it's a clear plastic shower curtain, and on the outside of it, there's a pocket that you can put your tablet in. Oh my God. And you can still touch your tablet while you're in the shower, but it's not getting wet. Oh my God. Yeah. I haven't seen this. I'm like, no, 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 none of that. The shower is like, what, the shower is like the last place that I'm like, well, at least nothing can happen to me in here. Uh, you know, so. Because well, you've seen Psycho, right? Unless, yeah, well, that's the thing. <laughs> so anyway, James Woods is uh, thinking like, hey, all right, uh, I'm just going to ask you on a date live on television and just be incredibly rude. Yeah. <laughs> and, just, and just be like, hey, yeah, you want to go on a date? Uh, the host then turns to uh, the TV set with uh, Brian Oblivion, and he goes on to say that... Uh, the television screen has become the retina of the mind's eye. Which I thought was great as, like, saying that, you know, the TV is an extension of us just as much as we're an extension of it. And that's kind of a theme that uh, pervades this movie, obviously. Mm -hmm. um, but it's just also because the guy's got a cool voice and everything, so it really, uh, it really resonates. And he also says that he has decided to never be seen on TV, not on a television. Yeah, right. It's kind of like out of a Mr. Show sketch or something. Yeah, so it's kind of like live via satellite, but not Yeah, right. <laughs> like one of those things. Yeah. So after this, we kind of just go right to uh, Max and Nikki at Max's apartment. Mm -hmm. And she's going through his tapes and finds a copy of Videodrome clips that he's got and she throws it on and she's into it god i can't believe it i turned off no 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 it's okay i can take it can you get it any clearer it's a pirate tape they scramble it i like it and, and he's like, like, she's like why don't you just cut me right here just a little bit and he's like uh huh 
and he moves her hair and there's already cuts there and she's like yeah right there just a little bit <laughs> yeah and it's again it's like this whole thing where he's like whoa whoa what are you talking about you let somebody cut you there what are you mm. and like I, did, I find it funny that like you've got a guy who just he seems so naive when it when it comes yeah. to these things even though like this is like his business almost so yeah but that's like it's his business but he's into the softcore porn he's not into like bdsm and kink play i guess so, so. Yeah, you're right <laughs> you know so now she turns around and she's like just cut me a little bit right here and he's like wait what and then she just kind of brushes it off. And then he's like, no, wait, you let somebody cut you? And she's like, yeah, a friend. Do you want to try something? Yeah. And the next thing we know, they're lying on the floor, buck naked, writhing around on a blanket. And he's piercing her earlobes. And he takes one of the pins out. And she's loving this, by the way. She He takes one of the pins out and like, you know, <laughs> Bram Stoker Dracula's that thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And drags that blood across his across his tongue, and then he, he she flips her head over, and he goes and pierces the other side, and then he just leaves it there, just like yeah. I'm just gonna leave the needle right in your ear, you know. Talk it's, about overstimulation. Like, luckily, I'm not. I don't have a thing with blood like a lot of people, mm-hmm. where it's like, oh God, I see a drop of blood, and I just pass out. I'm just instead, I'm just watching it, kind of like, wait, what? Yeah, what did he just what, do? You know. Um, but, uh, I was also thinking, though, I'm like, 1983, and we've got, like, we've got blood on, on, Hmm. on the scene here, and I'm thinking to myself, haven't they heard about AIDS? But, (laughs) but like you said earlier, because I wasn't recording before. (laughs) When we got to this point before. (laughs) You said it's like, well, in 83, it was still, like, it was the gay cancer. It wasn't necessarily... People still didn't know everything yet. Yeah, so they, I don't it, think C. Everett Coop had like backed Reagan into a corner and said, "Hey, we got to do something about, about this. this." Yeah, it was definitely still in that or in the early stages of finding out um, all of uh, everything about the gay epidemic, as you know, the gay cancer and everything. Yeah. And um, because it was mainly gay men that were um, contracting it at the time, yeah, the you know, it was days. it would have been perfectly safe to do this because. They weren't gay, so, you know. But it's also in... Um, I mean, I think once you bring blood into it, I'm like, okay, that's... <laughs> I'm out. No, thanks. <laughs> I'm I'll done. see you later. Um, see you see at work tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> it's um, it, it's also just in this movie because of the body horror. Yeah. And it's the piercing of the, you know, the actual piercing of the flesh and things like that. Mm-hmm. And then, I mean, there are definitely movies that are worse than this. I mean, Strangeland... The piercings that are in that movie oh, and yeah, the body modifications that are in that movie are, are insane. That's They're, one that... Some of like, them are really beautiful, but other other ones you're just like, oh, jeez. That's one that I said, hey, let's not watch that one And I was very show. mad at him because I really wanted him to watch that nah, movie. <laughs> look, I love Dee Snyder. Yeah. I really, like, I really do. I'm not a huge Twisted Sister fan, but, like, if Dee Snyder's talking, I'm listening. Yeah. <laughs> but it's like, I... Yeah. No thanks. But uh, towards the end of the sequence here, he, like, imagines them in the room that Videodrome takes place mm-hmm. in. And that's, like, the first sign that, you know, it's it's getting to him. Yeah, even something's not quite... And he yeah. hasn't had that much of an exposure to it or anything, but you can tell that, like, it's, it's definitely getting into his psyche. Mm-hmm. So, 
think at this point he ends up going to to meet up with Harlan again, and he tells him, "Hey, man, guess what? That signal, it's actually coming out of Pittsburgh." Yeah, the den of sin that is Pittsburgh. Well, <laughs> Western Pennsylvania of all places. Yeah. Um. So I just I just find that a funny detail that it's just you know, it's Pittsburgh is uh, is where this is being produced, I guess. So um, after this. Uh, Max shares this information with Nikki, and she's like, "Hey, you know, you know what? Like, actually, is that when she says like she's going on yeah, assignment?" She, yeah, she goes, "Hey, guess what? They're sending me on assignment next week, and guess where I'm going? I'm going to Pittsburgh." And he's like, "Oh, okay." And she's like, "Yeah, I'm gonna go audition for that for the Videodrome." And he like loses his shit. Yeah. Well, I love how at first she was like, "How do you get to be a contestant?" Like yeah. the first time they watch it, like he thought it was a, a like a like. A narrative. She yeah. thinks it's a game, game show. show. What, yeah. the, what the fuck kind of a game show does this look like to you? <laughs> yeah, he's like, no, 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 don't do it. Like, you know what can what could happen to you? Like, you could get hurt. You, you know, you could get killed. You could disappear. But she's willing to. She's more than more willing. than willing. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, he gets all pouty. Yep. About it, and she lights up a cigarette. And decides to win him back over by burning herself with the cigarette. I, yeah, I think she was trying to prove to him that she could handle whatever was dished out. Yeah. So in in the process of that, she lifts and separates like a good bra does. <laughs> and she takes the end of the cigarette and burns the underside of her boob. And we get this great little burn mark. Yeah, our first little Rick Baker <laughs> gross yeah makeup and, it, and it's not even that bad either it's just kind of this tiny little burn you know yeah and it just kind of like it, sizzles a little bit <laughs> right but it's like it's a little more like it's more than what you would have seen in most in most movies, movies i yeah. feel like i mean we are in a heightened sense of reality sort of thing here but it's still like Ugh. yeah but you kind of think to yourself yeah that is kind of what it would look like isn't it yeah but she ends up like handing the cigarette off to him mm-hmm. and it cuts before we see what he does afterwards, but we're, I think we're led to believe that he gets into it with her. He gets into it and does something, and we're not, even though we don't see what it is, um, in the next scene, he's talking to another character about what her video is, that she's, that try, he's, she's trying to sell him a new video for the show, uh, for the channel, sorry, and she lights up a cigarette, and he just kind of like, Right, like gets, kind of, recoils a little bit, gets a little bit of a shiver. Yeah, it ta- it's there's a quick close up of the of the cherry as you, <laughs> as I call keep calling it. Yeah, uh, I never smoked, so I don't know the slang. <laughs> so, um, but uh, yeah, I do like that little detail though, because it's like even though he's like succumbing to this more and more, it still kind of appalls him. Mm-hmm. Um, so. Uh, yeah, he like he ends up like rejecting like this program that sh- that this mm-hmm. character wants to sell to him, um, because it's just it's not it's not Videodrome. It, it, it's it's yeah. very tame in comparison. To it's it. not Videodrome, and it's very very softcore Skinamax. And I'm talking 10 p.m. Skinamax, not 1 a.m. Skinamax. <laughs> <laughs> 
up next, lifestyles of the sexy and sensuous. Feast your eyes on Pleasure International. Eat, drink, and be merry. Next on Cinemax. So it's it's you know you know it's it's got the you know the light the soft lighting with the feathered outside edges of the screen you know st- shit like that. Right. It's just very it's very corny and. Um... But he says, like, you know, look, like, I'm into, what I'm looking at now is this thing called Videodrome. It's like, I need you to, like, you, you know, talk to your people and find out where, you know, where, you know, what this is, who's in charge of this. It comes out of Pittsburgh. Like, let me know what, what's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, she ends up uh, finding out, like, yeah, this isn't fake. It's real. Mm-hmm. And... You need to talk to Brian Oblivion about it. Yeah, he's he has his claws into it somehow. So he, this leads him to visiting the uh, the cathode ray mission, which is uh, like it's like a homeless shelter where people go to uh, just sit and watch television in order to try to bring them back into society. Bianca, his Bianca Oblivion. The best drag name in history, by the way. <laughs> um, turns around and says to J- uh, James Woods that uh, what we do at our mission is we bring the people, we bring these people back into the fabric of society, basically by giving them, you know, the pop culture references that we all know and love that make us part of society. So we have something to talk about. We have something to be on the same page with other people about. Right. So. You know, it's kind of the same thing that we do now. Like, if if somebody at your work says, oh, my God, did you see Survivor last night? And you go, I don't watch Survivor. They don't talk to you for, like, days. <laughs> because yeah, they don't like, have well, anything to talk to you about. It's no fun. Yeah. And it's like they just don't have anything to talk to you or about. Like so. even, or even just, you know, did you see the new meme? Yeah, did, have you seen this meme? Did you, you know, did you hear about what kanye said or something like that no because he's an asshole (laughs) but it's 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 the same thing where it's just if you're not up on it then like what good are you yes yeah that's that kind of stuff so um and i i i love this whole sequence because this place this mission Mm -hmm. is like the most um if, if you didn't already think that this was taking place in, like, a different kind of a world, yeah. then this place will convince you of that. Because it's like, some people would think that, like, a local access station that's running softcore porn mm-hmm. is a uh, it's a crazy idea. But I've uh, yeah, I've heard of that. I've heard of other, like, like sleazy people trying to get stuff on oh, yeah. local access before. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, Instead, instead, you see this place, and it's like, yeah, we're we're rehabilitating all of these people, and they're just all in these little makeshift cubicles with like old TV sets, and they're all just and they're all watching something different. It's not mm-hmm. like they're all watching like Oblivion, like philosophizing or anything. They're they're all just watching something, and it's just this this concept that you know, no, they have to be rehabilitated by watching something. Yeah. You know, and, and being, they can be brought back to society that way. Um, I think that's uh, a pretty interesting uh, concept. But yeah, like you said, it's like it's it's really more like it's like water cooler talk. Yeah, it's so that people have something in common with other people. Um, it's less 
giving them a chance to, you know, not be homeless. So he ends up asking her about Videodrome, and she tries to play coy. Mm-hmm. Because she, you know, he asks, like, how about Videodrome? And she says, is that a Japanese configuration? Like, in the, <laughs> in the least uh, convincing way possible. Yeah. Um, yeah, she doesn't necessarily let on that she knows about uh, Videodrome, mostly because of the fact that her father is one of the creators of it. Yeah. Because uh, she ends up giving him some tapes because she like leads him into like this library that's just got tons and tons of tapes and uh, she gives him like a stack because he's asking she she says he got brain cancer from watching videodrome mm-hmm. essentially he just went on and made like tons and tons of these tapes mm-hmm. so this is how he still makes his uh, his appearances and stuff like that but he just did it making videos on anything that he could so she gives him a stack and he brings it home and he starts watching one of them and he starts talking to Max through the TV. So Max is continuing to lose it uh, while he explains to him, I helped create Videodrome and it took me over, it caused my brain cancer. And while he's saying all of this, one of the dudes who's, like, one of the torturers in Videodrome, mm-hmm. like, comes out and, like, ties him to the chair and then, like, strangles him Garrots him, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then Max tries to ask him a question and it cuts back to the TV screen and it's the guy takes the hood off and it's actually Nikki. It's Debbie Harry. Right. And she starts talking to him about Videodrome and starts talking and starts trying to seduce him. And at one point, it's just a close-up on her lips. Mm-hmm. And he's at at the TV, face in front of the TV, and all you see is just her lips on the screen. And the TV, the way that the frame is, is you have, you're looking over the top of the TV, so all the shit that's on the top of the TV, it's like two Atari controllers and some VHS yeah. tapes and shit. And then you see James Wood's face. So... You can see all the stuff on the top of the TV, like, moving back and forth, and it's, like, moving up and down. The TV is, like, breathing. And it's, like, pulsating. Yeah. And she's still yapping away on the screen, and and the TV's just pulsating. And then all of a sudden, he runs his hand along the top of it, and and there's veins pop out. veins, And the bottom of the TV is, like, pushing out and everything. And then slowly, the screen pushes out. And it's her lips on the screen pushing towards him, saying, come to me, Max, come to me. Come to me. Come to Nikki. Come on. Don't make me wait. Please. And eventually he just puts his face in it. He sticks his face right into the screen. And he's motorboating the TV. (laughs) (laughs) He's motorboating the TV and, and also he's... You know, caressing it's the kind sides, of like fondling, fondling the, the TV. I love the 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 screen effect. Oh yeah, and it's it was so cool. It was funny because when we were watching the behind the scenes on it, I specifically really because a because it's Rick Baker, but pretty much if if there is a special effects thing on a DVD, I will watch it. Yeah. I will absolutely watch the whole thing. And basically, they had a giant TV screen sized dental dam that they <laughs> rear projected on. 
and then expanded it out, like blew it out and it, so that it ballooned itself out more from the TV frame. And right. then James Woods just fondled the dental dam. <laughs> Which, it was funny, though, because in I was laughing at the fact that it was a dental dam, but um, Rick Baker was saying that that was actually, way back in the day, the material that was used was actually, a, was some of the original materials they used for projection screens. So it was actually being used for what it was originally used for, but it was just, you know, that's not what it's used for now. <laughs> yeah. So it just makes it funnier. Um, after he had gone and talked to Bianca... He's back at his apartment, and he finds... A, he's got a gun in his apartment. Yeah. He owns a gun, and he's just, like, checking the gun out. I don't even, I don't even think this is, like, a I'm gonna need this at some point sort of thing. Well, I like, think he ejects just being the like, magazine at one point, and he's like, oh, that does that? Yeah, like, like I don't think... He has no clue how to use I it. I don't think he understands how guns work. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so... And then there's a knock at the door, and that's his assistant. Mm-hmm. And it's when we thought that he was just going to throw his gun in the fridge so that she wouldn't see it. But he just covers it up with a newspaper, yeah. which is much less effective. I I was very upset that he didn't throw it in the fridge, because I, I really re- wanted him to. It was right there. It was in I know. the frame. I was like, so just throw it in the that, fridge. Put that gun in the refrigerator, goddammit. So, Do it. But she comes in, and she's got, like, tomorrow morning's tape, and... Uh, also one from Brian Oblivion for him mm-hmm. to watch. But she goes to, like... I think that, like, he thinks that she's gonna go to, like, throw some Videodrome on or something. And he goes to, like, grab at her and, like, sl- and he, like, slaps her a couple of times. Yeah, he slaps her once. But he thinks that it's Nikki, and then he thinks that it's her. And then she's like, what are you talking about? You didn't hit me. You didn't me. hit me. So his hallucinations are getting worse. And that's when he watches that tape from Brian. So he doesn't get yeah. the, the tape from Bianca. He gets it. Well, he gets it from Bianca, but it gets mailed. Well, right. Yeah. To he, he ends him. up going to see her. She gives him more mm-hmm. that are more about like the philosophy of Videodrome and why they created it, which is just kind of like a getting rid of the riffraff kind of a thing to like seep into the minds of, of degenerates mm. and whatever. But during this, he's just, he's sitting on the couch and he's, he's got his shirt off. And a shoulder holster. And, a, and his shoulder holster. <laughs> like you do. That's, he, that's and, what you do. And he's do. just like, just hanging out with his gun, watching this on, on his TV. Yeah. And he's like itching his, he has a scar along the... Yeah. He basically it, has a happy trail scar. It, lo- <laughs> it looked like he had had open heart surgery, but... On Too his, low, but on his stomach. Yeah. Basically, it's just this uh, this mark on his stomach ends up kind of opening up, being a stomach vagina. And just yeah, that's essentially what it looks like. He's just like itching it with the gun. Or He's something. like itching it with the gun, and then and he then looks just... down at one point and it's open, and then somehow he decides. He's like, why don't I just stick my gun in, yeah. in this so thing? Like, he sticks his hand in, and then he just sticks it in further and further and further. And then at one point, he stands up off the couch, which even Rick Baker said the arm looked bad. <laughs> so <laughs> um, he has a false arm that's attached to him that is inside the pouch. And he pulls his hand out, and the gun is gone. And he and the vagina is closed. So he can't... It's just gone all It's just together. gone altogether. So he can't get the gun out and he can't find the gun. And he starts ripping his couch apart looking for the gun. And then the phone rings. Uh, oh, right. Yes. So... Um, I was wondering, like, what snaps him out of that? So that's when um, 
one of the uh, like the actual like the producer of Videodrome calls him, and he's uh, this guy named Barry Convex who owns a like an optometry company. He likes Max because Max is like kind of like a, a good guinea pig for this whole thing. Yeah, and so he he ends up giving him he he puts him in this cool like helmet thing mm-hmm. that's supposed to record his hallucinations i love the design on this thing the way it looks is really cool it's so cool it, it kind of looks like a um an underwater rover camera that has a giant like bubble butt okay on it. yeah and it has and it, like pulsates with light yeah it pulsates with light and it's got these two tubes that come out along the side and then the um it looks like it has a welding helmet screen a little across bit across the yeah. eyes, and then it has this little thing that has a slit on it that like moves up and down. Yeah, it's very, so. it's very, um, like, like it's it's kind of like a very Cronenberg, yeah, sort of a thing. Like if you showed that to me, or like, who do you think made this movie? I'd be like, kind of looks like something Cronenberg would have done. And I would have just been like sci-fi double it, feature. But on it's Saturday. also it's like... also um, it's a little Giger-esque as well. A little bit. In a way. A little bit, Because yeah. we start getting that as we keep going. Yeah. Because this thing is able to record his hallucinations in Sega CD vision. <laughs> yeah. he's James Woods puts his hands up in front of it so he can see <laughs> what his hands look like. And it's super pixelated FMV. So all I could think of was that it was like Phantasmagoria or like one of those bad games that came out in the 90s. Command, and I was like... A Command and Conquer. Command and Conquer. Yeah. So... Um, he's got this on and I love that this guy like I love that Convex says to him yeah uh, it's uh, it's all set all you gotta do now is hallucinate like oh sure it's just that easy yeah. I'll just I'll just have a hallucination um, but he ends up leaving yeah he's just like he, he literally Barry Convex turns around and goes, "I'm gonna leave now. I can't handle the the heavy stuff." Yeah, I don't like the, I don't like the weird. I don't stuff. like the weird stuff, and it's like, so, um, you first creep. of all, who's gonna shut this damn helmet off after I'm done yeah. hallucinating? Second of all, uh, what happens if I die? <laughs> um, what do you mean you don't like weird stuff? You created video video drone. The taping mechanism is all self-contained. You don't have to do anything now but hallucinate. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. come back for you later you'll forgive me if i don't stay around to watch i just can't cope with freaky stuff and max hallucinates nikki um coming along Mm -hmm. and she like basically tells him like you gotta go back and uh like shoot everybody that you work with or wait no 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 that's, no that's barry she, yeah she comes she uh, we comes just in. watched this i know and you've seen it more times than me so <laughs> I've how seen would it i at remember least this one other, i feel like i've seen it two other times too. um so she comes in and she walks in front of him and she's all pixel her face is all pixelated you know she is because of the red dress so she walks over to a bookshelf thing that's like right next to where james wood is sitting and as she's walking into that section of the frame, she clears out and we basically are seeing the hallucination clearly at this point, as opposed to through pixel vision. And 
she takes down a rather long leather whip that has a flogger thing at the end. There's probably a technical name for it, and my kink knowledge is failing me at this moment. Um, But he takes it, and she ties herself to the um, bookshelf or puts her arms up out of frame, and basically she's tied herself there. And she she's saying you know you need to basically asking him to whip her and she turns out of frame so all we see is her hair and the back of the dress and all of a sudden we're in the red room again yeah so he walks around a television set and we see her with her hair and the back of her dress on the television set yeah and we hear her talking and he walks around to the back of the television set and he starts whipping the television. And the first couple of whips are kind of tentative and yeah, very like, like... Yeah, well, uh, I'm here. I might as well do it, huh? I might as well whip the it's television. Like, you know, what else is there to do? Yeah, and then he pull, the camera pulls back and we see um, the television is actually made of flesh and has veins and right, things like that. Yeah. And it's pulsating again. But when the we finally see the full screen... The person that's on the screen turns around, and it's not Nikki. It's the it's, woman that was helping him find Video Drum that he that was trying to sell him right. her own content earlier on in the movie. And the first couple of hits are you hear just this you know very sexual ecstasy driven moaning, and then on the third hit, third or fourth hit, it gets he gets right, he's, violent with well, it. Yeah, he's just he's like, oh, all right, so this is how you yeah. do it. Yeah, and, he and really he's really like for going it. for it, and you see the woman on the screen as the whip hits the TV, reacting to the whip hitting the TV, and it gets more and more painful the harder that he hits. He wakes up from his nightmare mm-hmm. on his pullout couch of a bed. Yeah, and. He, t- he just kind of was like, oh my god, I can't believe it was just, it was all just a dream, and he rolls over, and there's someone in the bed with him. So he pulls the blankets down, and it's the woman that he was just whipping on the TV, and she's bound and gagged, yeah, and dead. Like, yeah, her her wrists <laughs> are bound and everything, yeah. and and but she's also dead. Yeah. So so he calls he calls up Harlan. Yep. And he's like, all right, man, I need you to come and like. He like because Harlan shows up and he's got like his camera with him. Yeah, basically he looks like me. Yeah, like if I ever step outside, <laughs> and um, he's like, "Go in there. I want you to take pictures of what's in my bed." I want proof. And he's like, "You can't handle the proof." And then he goes in there, and there's there's, and there's nothing, nothing there. There's nothing there. And he's like, "Don't call me up in the middle of the night. You're like, I'm not, I'm not a toy. Uh, you can't just flip me like a switch." Yeah. And so, um, so he says to, uh, Max says to Harlan, all right, look, we're, do you think we got any, any new video drum footage? And Harlan goes, well, if it was on, we'll, we'll, we'll have caught it on the recorder. He's like, all right, so I'll meet you back. I'll meet you back in the lab in an hour. And Harlan's like, dude, seriously, it's not even, he's like, no, look, I'll meet you back. I'll meet you there in an hour. Something's going on. I need to figure this out. Cut to an hour later. And we are at the pirate's den. Yeah. And Max says to Harlan, okay, so where's the new Videodrome? And Harlan's like, there's no Videodrome. There never was a Videodrome. And Max is like, what? What the hell are you talking about? And Harlan goes, well... And he opens the door and in walks Barry Convex. Yes. And they've been 
in on it together the whole time. Dun, dun, dun. And so now, um, so Barry just tells him, he's like, yeah, just give us channel 38. Because we're going. 83, right, not WSPK. <laughs> yeah. uh, Dan, 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 Dana Hersey is not uh, an evil um, pornographer. Yeah, no. Uh, <laughs> so, basically, they tell him, it's like, give us Channel 83 because we're going to broadcast Videodrome to the public for the first time. We need your station. So, go back to the station and kill your partners and give it to us. And he has, like, he has a freak-out moment and ends up reaching back into his stomach to pull his gun out. And his hand begins to merge with the gun mm-hmm. in a very Giger-esque way. It, it reminded me of, I believe it's Freddy's Dead, where the motorcycle um, merges in with the guy who's riding it. Okay. And it was the same thing with the tentacles that come out and, like, pierce in and things like that. And... Um, Barry, while he was telling him to go kill all of his people, had a new cassette tape for him, had a new beta tape for him. Oh, yeah. So he inserted the, the, basically the giant stomach vagina is a VCR. And these tapes are creepy and and they Yeah, the tapes like pulsate and they're creepy and, ooh, it's weird. And they, um, so he he inserts that and that's basically new programming for Max. Yeah. That's how they're programming him. Yeah. He reaches inside his stomach, pulls out the gun, it merges with it with him, and then he walks upstairs to the rest of the building like nothing is wrong. Although he's covered in dust from the floor, too. He's crawling on the floor. Right. So people, and his shirt's open. So people are kind of looking at him like, what's going on? And he he's, goes to his secretary and asks his secretary where the other two guys are and they're and he's like oh they're in a meeting over in the conference room i'll call them up and and let you know let them know you're coming and he's like no 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 he grabs the phone as she picks it up he like grabs the phone in her hand and like hangs it up and starts walking over there she, he walks in and they're watching something um yeah they're like hey uh just in time what do you think think we should uh oh wait don't shoot me yeah like, <laughs> like do you think we should be, do you think we should have this you know, I think we could get this on our thing, and he pulls out his gun, and he. But it's not. But it's not all creepy and gross. Not it's yet. Just nor- no. It's just normal. So we we're constantly going back and forth. Yeah. Whether it it's it's the the way everyone else sees it versus the way he sees it. That's a lot. A yeah. lot of it is on that. It's like, is he alone? Yeah. You know. Yeah. And he shoots the first guy, and you can see in the background the people that are outside of the conference room. And they're kind of like running back and forth. And he shoots the second guy. And you hear, oh my god, that was real. And from outside. And then people, the doors open up and the secretary comes in. And he shoves the gun like inside his jacket and leans over. Yeah. And he actually says, "He, ki- I-, I killed him. But nobody can hear him. Like, I just caught it like quickly. Yeah, at, no, the he, corner yeah, of my ear. He, was, he did basically say like, you know, yeah. or like, he was like, they made me or something like that yeah he's like they made me but i'm pretty sure he was like i shot him or yeah. something and, and then she thinks that he's been shot the secretary thinks that right, he's been shot he's like hunched over he's hunched like over and like holding his stomach and he's trying to hide the gun in his head when he sees the gun in his hand it's this giant meat puppet of a hand <laughs> and this meat wad and everybody else sees it normally so he's oh. trying to hide it oh, I'm down, I'm down, I'm down, I'm down. So he, um, 
she takes him into the break room and like kicks out the guy that's in the break room because you know you're in the break room is it that far away that you didn't hear the gunshots and all the commotion that yeah, you're I still guess, in I the guess, break room I guess. with the canada dry <laughs> i did vending like machine the canada dry vending machine um, absolutely so he sits down and she's like oh my god no, let he, me see what's going on he just he, yeah he and just yeah, runs out. runs out like bolts out through the back door and it just is in a back back alleyway and is trying to get away and yeah. not so get caught. Basically, he goes to find Bianca again. Mm-hmm. And essentially, she just, like, turns him yeah. around. Yeah, part of the programming that was put in him to kill the two other guys was also to kill her. Right. And he goes to see her at the mission, and she shows him a cassette, a, a copy of Nikki on Videodrome. Oh, that's right. And says, like, she was used to bring you in. Yep. She was, you know, she was killed on the show. Yeah. So. And then the TV, this is the coolest effect in the whole freaking show, whole freaking movie about with the TV, is he's got the, he's got his big meat puppet gun in one hand. And he's watching the, the Nikki on the screen, and all of a sudden the TV goes to static. And another gun, another meat puppet gun thing, comes out of the TV and pushes the screen yeah. with the static on it. And then the static fades away, and it's all veins and, yeah, you know. It's, it's another fleshy screen. Yeah, it's, it's very phallic. Yeah. There's a lot it's, of phallic it's really, things it's very, in this freaking episode. It's so. very um, uncomfortable to look yeah. at. And then once, it, once the static goes away, I'm like, oh, that's cool at first. And then you're like, uh, 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 no, thank you. And it shoots him. Right. And then she comes out and says, you know, changing the changing the tape is very painful, but that's the only way to reprogram you. Right. And now you've been reprogrammed. Use what Videodrome has taught you to turn against Videodrome. Right. And so go and destroy them. Go and destroy them. And he says, long live the new flesh. Yeah. And that's like the theme. For, that's that's the, the... the catchphrase for the movie. Yeah. It's always painful to remove the cassette. Or change the program. But now that we have, you'll see that you've become something quite different from what you were. You've become the video word made flesh. I am the video word made flesh. And now that you are the video word made flesh, you know what you have to do. You turn against Videodrome. You use the weapons they've given you to destroy them. Death to Videodrome. Long live the new flesh. back then he goes back and finds harlan yep and they get into it and harlan tries to give him a new a tape that is even more oh. visceral and gross yeah a literal flesh yeah. tape and it is but yeah. this time it backfires on him and he pulls out a stump which is actually like like a world war one grenade mm-hmm and it blows him up in kind of hilarious fashion. Yeah. 
It blows him up, blows up the wall, and James Woods just walks out of the wall. And there's a mother and a daughter, like, walking down the alleyway, and the daughter's like, hey, what's this? And the mother's like, don't pay attention to that, come this way. James Woods just walking away. It's a very, (laughs) it's... It gets very, first of all, like, Harlan blowing up. I got a real, like, Daniel Stern being electrocuted yes. thing in yeah. Home Alone 2. That is, so uh, it kind of makes me, kind of makes me laugh to watch it. But, like, at this point, like, with him just walking down the street after all of that, it's, you get that, like, the end of American Psycho vibe. Yes. Where he's just, like, where Patrick is just like, okay, none of this makes sense anymore, you know? Like, feed the kitten to the ATM. Feed me a stray cat, yeah. and I'm going to shoot my gun off once, and this taxi's going to blow up. Yeah. Like, all that stuff. Yeah, at this point, he just, he goes down to the docks, because, I mean, where else are you going to go? Yeah. And um, finds himself, like, on, on an old, like, an abandoned boat, and it just kind of, like, crashes there. You can tell people have been squatting there. Yeah. And he just kind of... Cratches on a mattress, and he's had like his 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 meat hand going mm-hmm. on there, and then but then he like wipes his face, and it's not there anymore. And you yeah. think like, oh, maybe he's coming out of it. And he's looking around the room, and his eyes lock on something, and it shows us that once again it's the TV, mm-hmm. and Debbie Harry's on the TV again. She's saying, "Good job, kid. You know you got." You got one last thing to do. You gotta. She's like, I've, I've learned a lot in Pittsburgh, and I found out that death isn't the end. So, mm-hmm. all you gotta do is kill yourself. And she's like, Hey, I'll even show you how to do it. And she just like plays him footage of himself just pointing the gun to his head. He says, "Long live the new flesh," and he blows his brains out. Yep. And then that's when the TV screen explodes. With weak old and cheap guts. And <laughs> we found out on the extra features that all of this blood and guts that comes shooting out of the TV was, like, sheep guts that were a week old. That, like, they got them, but they couldn't use them right away. So they just left them in a garbage bag, like, outside of the set mm-hmm. until it was time to go. It's like, who thought a hey let's keep him around and yeah. b who didn't go like so who's got a freezer eh? Like, <laughs> well they were filming anybody in got a freezer who could they stick were it in? literally filming in toronto in the middle of december they shouldn't have needed a freezer it could have been a warm it could have been a like, warm like, december it's still it's like it's still gonna be at toronto, least 30 degrees outside we're similar we're, we're on a similar similar yeah but toronto, i mean it's gonna be the hottest in December in Toronto it's going to get is, like, 35. Yeah, I don't know if it's cold. Yeah, I don't know. But that's <laughs> not cold enough, though, I feel. But your average refrigerator is, like, 38 degrees. Yeah, so it's not too much different, This is, you like, know? old sheep guts. Though. I know. But anyway, that all explodes, and he goes, huh, sounds reasonable. And he does the exact same thing yep. that you just saw. You get the exact same shot, and he... Uh, he says it once again, long live the new flesh, and, and shoots himself in the head. Oh, not all without first going to Barry Convex's... Um, oh, we forgot about little, that. Uh, they, yeah. they, like, he has, his company is uh, releasing their new line of, of glasses for the spring. The Medici line. The Medici line. They have this obnoxious, like, because they do this at corporate events a lot, mm-hmm. where they'll have, like, actors there, like, in costume and dancing around and doing stupid shit and... 
um, humiliating themselves. And, yeah. I, wrote uh, down, I wrote down in my notes, wow, that's some 80s dancing. It is, yeah. Yeah, and, in silver uh, leotards. <laughs> yeah, but Barry Convex comes out and uh, everybody is all just real excited and jazzed about mm-hmm. this. So then uh, Max shows up and he, and he shoots him a couple of times. And we get, like, uh, he picks up the microphone and yells you know death to video drove long live the no flesh and he like he drops the mic next to barry's now disintegrating thing style body mm-hmm. he's like his his guts are opening up and it just looks like uh, general gao's chicken, chicken is, is just like out. pouring out of him and like his head splits open but his teeth are like still mm-hmm. like 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 still there it's just it's all oh it's awesome it's awesome <laughs> it's 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 like a rough draft for the thing yeah even though the thing came out before this though didn't it i think what so. year's the thing no the thing was 84 so yeah maybe uh let me double check it really quick 82 no it this came so. out before uh, okay but that had a bigger budget and shit yeah. though this was made in canada so <laughs> um tight budget tight shooting yeah, schedule but that's like that's that's what i'm that's like my other favorite thing in this movie is that whole like there's the tv effects and then there's there's that the arms through the bottom of the, the set <laughs> floor yeah oh flailing. yeah that's, that's it ah! <laughs> i'm flailing yeah but yeah no he, he on the boat he uh he uh blows his brains out and yep. that's that's it long live the new flesh I thought it was an interesting ending because I, I really want. This was another movie that, having never seen it before, I didn't know how it ended, and I feel like it could have gone on more. Like well, there, could, there could have been another. Like they said scene. in, like we they said in the extra features that mm-hmm. we were watching, when they started shooting this thing, there wasn't an ending, Correct. which is normal. For a lot of movies, a lot of that that happens a lot, but I guess that in Canada, when you shoot, mm-hmm. there's like at least like however they made this, they had a very strict deadline. Yeah. So they were like, you gotta get it done by you know the it was like all based December thirty first. Yeah, it was all based on the calendar year. Yeah. Right. So they had to get it all done then, and I think that that's what sort of influenced the movie ending the way that it did mm-hmm. where it's just like okay how do we end this i don't know let's uh, you know let's do the college route and just have him shoot himself yeah. you know <laughs> and it's like, but it was just one of those i i i like movies like this to wrap themselves up nicely right and it didn't necessarily feel like i mean yes he's killing himself and he is videodrome at this point yeah but does that mean that the videodrome ends or is it like the ring as long as there's a copy of that freaking movie somewhere that signal is going to go out and create another video drum honestly i just so. think i just think after watching it this time i was like yeah i think he's just crazy yeah and video drums basically on his head yeah um but i think that it's also like pointing to i think i think that it's like on a level where it's like he has to confront what kind of a person he really is. Mm-hmm. And I think that there's a lot of, like, guilt in there. Stuff like that. Where it's just all very 
psychological have just caused this very bizarre break. Um, so yeah, I honestly I don't think Videodrome existed. Um, I don't necessarily know that it didn't exist. Um, I think it was more of did it exist in the frame of reference that he thought it existed in. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I know they do say, Harlan does say that he was just showing him videotapes. Right. But are those videotapes indicative of, you know, a wider thing? Because, I mean, basically, it's a, yes, it's an optical company, but it's a front for a small arms manufacturer. Right. Yeah, so... they did mention that. It's like, <laughs> yeah, we make glasses. We also make guidance systems for NATO. Yeah. You know? so, so it's, it's like, you know, what are you going to... Um, what are you going to, is it more that you think this is something that doesn't exist altogether? Or is this kind of a, um, an arms thing where they're creating these videos to create like a super soldier type of thing. Right. And I think or that just, you know, like it was where it's like, um, you know, we, we want to give, we want to give scumbags and low lives, uh, brain tumors yeah. through the signal. And the signal will, you know. Right. One of the things that I thought was really interesting, too, is that this takes place in 1983. And in 1985 is when we had the explicit content um, labels and all the trials against explicit content and music and things like that. Really? So it was in 85? It was in 85, according wow. to this. So. Well, that makes um, sense. Cause yeah. So it's like this is before. Dee Snyder was a big deal then. And, that's kind of uh, what made me look it up to see when that Frank exactly Zappa exactly was but um it there was a lot of in a, i think it was the talk show yeah it was the talk show host in the beginning that was saying well when he was she was talking to brian oblivion what do you feel about you know explicit music do you think that music and violence on tv i think mu- violence on tv and things perpetuates um violence in, in reality yeah and we've had that conversation how many times do do violent video games create violent tendencies? I think it's these video games. It's these video games, like, but she says, do video games create violence? In video games, um, create violence tendencies. Do violence? Does violence on TV? Violence in movies? Violence in books? And that's something that is a consistent through line through our lives because we grew up in the eighties and the nineties. Yeah. And when that was a big thing that was constantly droned into us. Video nasties. Yeah, the video nasties, and you know. Evil Dead is considered a video nasty because yeah. they use 50,000 gallons worth of blood. But, you know, it's it's things that, like, you and I can see something hyper-violent, on, on ultra-violent, and it's a movie. We can play... Right. I, we can play things like Dead Space and not be like, like I'm yeah. going to go shoot all these right. aliens. Yeah. We can read... You know, we we can read creepypastas and not think they're real. <laughs> you know, and it's like we have a basis in reality that uh, the people who are dealing with mental illness don't have. Right. So I think this is also a, I mean, I might be reading way too much into this movie, but it might also be a view on mental illness because... No, I was thinking that too at one point, yeah. You know, he views... Max Ren sees all these things that no one else sees. Is it because he's actually seeing it and there's an actual thing that's causing him to see this? Or does he have a mental health issue that's 
causing this? Is he schizophrenic? Is he just say, crazy? Is schizophrenia he... is when it's not <laughs> yeah. um, diagnosed. It's very, uh, it's it's very scary. Yeah, and it's like between undiagnosed and non and not treated, um, not medicated at least. But it's well, yeah. But again, I just think this movie has a lot of things to talk about in itself that over the 20 some odd years since it came out 30 some odd years since it came out 35 35 oh yeah that's right i'm 37 in it um, i'm 35 i know same year as you <laughs> um the 30 years that since it came out is is that everything that it talks about has come to fruition and you know everything that it, it hasn't changed so think about in 35 years all the shit that they're talking about in this movie 35 years ago is exactly the same shit we're talking about now it all it's all the same it, it's, it's all the same and it's it's not meet the it, new it's boss. only going to get worse with the more technology improves hey it, it's a you know every generation thinks it's the last i know so it's you know like uh, it can't get any worse than this. And but it's like with me. Guess what? It can get even it, it worse. Can get way worse. But um, it, there is, it is that kind of thing where it's like, well, you see, it's it's like, I just feel like, yeah, things are, things are bad, but I don't think they're as bad as people often think that they are. Hmm. But it's for that reason where it's like, no, I know I'm watching a movie. And yeah. I, I know that, you know, when the movie's over, I'm just going to go to work. Because yeah. I'm, you know, I can tell the difference. Yeah, and it's it's also, like, books and things like that, too, where it's like, you read a good book and it sticks in your brain, but that doesn't, that book doesn't, you know, like, Slaughterhouse-Five was supposedly a book that, like, inspired so many mass shootings and whatever, and I'm like, oh, okay. And it's like, it doesn't, like, right. I don't know, it, it to me, it's all about, this movie really is a... David Cronenberg talking about things that were going on at the time yeah. that have only been exacerbated right, at this yeah, point. Right, yeah, it's just they've only been magnified. Yeah, they're magnified a million times now because everything is on a screen. Mm-hmm. Everything is online. Everything is, you know, we don't have cable. We just have, you know, a Roku TV that streams everything to us. Right. So, you know, we don't have to, you know, we can pick and choose at our whim what we want to watch. Whatever we want, whenever we want. Yeah, so, so, you know, so if we wanted to watch the Videodrome, you know, YouTube channel, we absolutely could just go click and it's no there. Yeah, we're good. We don't have to watch it, but you just click and it's there. It's, yeah. it's readily available. So, but back in the 80s, it wasn't readily available. Right. But it was at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Ultimately, uh, the question is, did you like it? I liked it. Yeah. I didn't love it. I liked it. Yeah. It's, it's definitely ticked to the box of, okay, I've seen that movie now. I don't have to... <laughs> I don't... I mean, I'll probably watch it again at some point. Like, if it was on TV or something, I wouldn't uh-huh. turn it off. Yeah. Um, but I don't know if I would necessarily actively go s- search it out to watch it. Uh-huh. Um, right. Like, if yeah. I was going to be watching it for one of the other podcasts that I do, I would, abs- you know, in a heartbeat, I'd watch it again. Yeah. But it would have to be for a reason, not just for the heck of it. Um, I thought... James Woods was great. I thought Debbie Harry was awesome. Yeah, she, she's fantastic. She's fantastic in this, in this movie. Um, I thought the plot was good. Yeah. I mean, it, it moves along. It moves along very fast. Yeah, it doesn't feel like it's 90 minutes at all. It goes right along. There's a couple of spots that kind of are a little draggy, but every movie has that. You know, nothing's. It's not like it doesn't drag out for like a whole scene. Gotta have you know, a conversation scene. once in a while. 
Yeah, and it's like little info dumpy scenes that are kind of just kind of like whatever. Overall, yeah. yeah. I just enjoyed it. It was a good movie. Nice. I wish I had seen it sooner. I wish yeah. this was one of my blockbuster adventures back in the day. Right, yeah. But, you know. There you go. All right, so um, it's uh, your turn to pick the next movie. Do you have an idea of what you want the next one to be? or Kind of. Okay, all right. We're coming up on Christmas. All right. So possibly something that has to do with Christmas. All right, cool. Not quite sure yet. I have to look at the list again because there's a couple movies that I was thinking for next. Cool. Uh, so. All right. It's gonna, yeah. yeah, it's like, so I was going to say, you don't have to tell everybody. Oh, I'm not telling so, nobody. Cool. We tend to change our mind anyway, so. Well, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. I think that about does it for this episode. You sure? I guess. We're done? I think so. Okay. Alright. Thanks a lot, kids. We'll catch you on the next episode. Goodbye, everybody. Bye. I just love scanning for life forms. Life forms. You tiny little life forms. You precious little life forms.